And so thank the Lord for that. I'm glad to be here this morning. And uh, brothers, uh, Brother Wayne, you might have to give me a little extra volume. I've just about stripped my voice out yesterday, and I finally had to be quiet for the last half of the Georgia game. And so I'm about stripped out this morning. But I've also heard this week Tennessee started playing as well, and I've heard the excitement about the Tennessee Vols this week. And so there we go. See there? Brother Chris, I appreciate you doing that because my whole point was if you were hollering on Thursday night, uh, it wouldn't hurt you to say amen this morning, all right? And so you be sure and give the Lord just as much excitement as you did the football team, amen? And so thank the Lord for that. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to read Jonah chapter number 4, Jonah chapter number 4, and uh, we were going to divide this chapter up. But I'm going to preach on all 10 verses. Bear with me this morning. And we want to wrap up the book of Jonah. But Jonah chapter 4, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth, and sat under it in the shadow, till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd, and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head, to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. And God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted and wished in himself to die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than sixscore thousand persons, that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in prayer. Lord, as we read this story of Jonah, God, I pray, Lord, that you might smite our hearts, Lord, that we may recognize, Lord, who we are and where we stand before a holy, righteous God. Lord, we thank you for your mercies, your compassion, as we've sung about so much this morning. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. 
In Proverbs chapter 19, verse number 3, the Bible says, The foolishness of a man perverteth his ways, and his heart frets against the Lord. People will often blame God when what they have lived for comes up empty, whether that be relationships, marriages, jobs, incomes, hopes, dreams, ambitions. And Proverbs says that the foolishness of man perverts his way and his heart frets against the Lord. Here we find in Jonah that that's exactly what happened in Jonah's life. Jonah unwittingly ran from God and after much uh, uh, demand of the Lord and work in his life, Jonah finally surrenders and there he goes to Nineveh and preaches the gospel. After he arrives there, he preaches and the city repents and turns to God. And what happened, Jonah goes out and the Bible says that Jonah became angry with the Lord. That word angry, it literally means to become hot. He was heated. He was upset. It was a, a, a great deep anger that was in his heart because God, his way, his righteous way, was not in agreement with Jonah and what he desired. Quarreling with God is a baseline human characteristic to some degree. When hardships seem overwhelming, God is often treated by people as a scapegoat. I have family who are deceased now, but for years they had served in church and served God as music workers and Sunday school teachers and and God allowed a uh, some disasters to transpire in their life houses burning down and they became bitter at God and for the next 40 years would not even so much as go to church because of their bitterness often people try to use God as a scapegoat for their problems matter of fact we can go back to to Job and Job was in the same condition remember God had allowed Satan to bring trial upon trial and in Job's life and what did Job's wife say she said Job why don't you just curse God and die and get it over with James chapter 4 verse 6 says but he gives more grace therefore he says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. The Bible says if we'll but humble ourselves, God will give grace. There is some bad advice that's often given uh, by the secular world, and I'm afraid that at times it has crept into the hearts of those who are children of God. The world gives basically four types of bad advice about anger towards God. The first is, as they consider the argument that when we experience anger towards God, we should not feel guilty about this since God is the one who created us to have such angry emotions. No, God did not create us to be angry towards him. That is a cheap way out to try to justify our anger. Secondly, the world says, and we're told that we are justified in being angry with him since he often could stop bad things from happening but does not uh, do anything to stop it. And although God does have the power and the authority to do in our lives whatsoever he will, we must also recognize that 
we live in a fallen world due to sin. And although God can intervene, most of the time, God does not. But what God does is God says, listen, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. And so we have the assurance, even as Christians, that just because we are saved does not mean everything in life is going to go the way that we want it to go. Sometimes bad things happen, even to good people. And therefore, just because things happen that are bad does not mean we can blame God. Third, we are told that experience anger with God should never be repressed since it would be hypocritical and, and, and just be honest about it. And although we should be honest, that is not an excuse. Well, I just want to be honest. So I want to be angry towards God. That is not justified either. The fourth bad advice the world tries to give to Christians about anger towards God is that the argument is presented that we need to forgive God for what he didn't do for us or what he did to us when we were in need. I want you to know this morning that it is not for you or I to forgive God. God does not stand in need of our forgiveness. He is a righteous, a holy, a just God, and he does not need you or I to forgive him. Instead, we need to accept that he is in control and that according to Romans, he works all things together for good. And Psalms 91.5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. And so we must recognize that bad things happen because of sin. It is not God's fault. God gave his only son that we might be forgiven of our sins. But it is not God's fault that we live in a sin-filled world. So here we come to Jonah this morning. I want to preach on the thought of the mercy of God. And we find here in uh, this verse 1 and verse number 2, we find that Jonah was angry at God. Jonah was angry at God. He says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And so we find that Jonah was angry at God. It's hard to imagine how Jonah could be this angry. Vehemently angry, heated anger. It was an unrighteous anger that Jonah had in his heart, not towards Nineveh. And although Nineveh was the corrupt city, I probably could understand Jonah being angry at Nineveh. But Jonah wasn't angry. Jonah, I could have understood if he was angry at the seaman who threw him over the ship and into the ocean to be swallowed by the fish, even though he told the sailors to do so. I could understand some kind of anger towards the sailors. But he wasn't angry at them. No, Jonah was angry at God. What did God do? Did God bring anything evil upon Jonah? Matter of fact, if we look at the scripture and we study, we find that oh, although bad things were happening, God over and over again was showing his love and mercy and compassion to Jonah. And Jonah says, I'm angry. I wonder this morning who in here might be sitting here or listening 
And you might say, Pastor, I've come into church, I'm here, I've got a smile on my face, but inside I'm angry and bitter at God. Because there are some things that have happened in my life that I don't like. We find in verse number 2 that the scripture says that, And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Jonah said, listen, God, this is why I ran to start with. God, this is why you're the reason that I ran. Jonah began to point fingers at God and say, God, this is the reason. Why? He said, therefore, he said, therefore I fled unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a great, watch this, thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentance or turn from the evil. This is why Jonah's mad. Because God is merciful, he is kind, he is, he is slow to anger. Really, this is why he's mad? Talk about something dumb to get mad about. You ever been that petty before? You ever been so petty you'd get mad over something simple and foolish? That was Jonah. He said, God, this is why I ran from you. This is why I did not want to go to Nineveh. Lord, I know you're merciful. You show compassion. And I know that you would turn from doing the judgment upon them if they would call upon you. So, God, you're the reason I ran. Jonah had an inward focus. He had an inward focus. He was concerned about himself. He was concerned how... Um, he wanted his own judgment against Nineveh. They were a wicked people. They were a vile people. Nineveh was known for their great evil and, and, their, and their, their torturing of those they would capture. They were known to be a wicked city. And Jonah said, God, I do not want mercy upon them. I want judgment upon Nineveh. And God, I'm angry at you because you will not give me the justice that I feel I deserve. Are you angry at God because you feel you deserve justice for something that you have not received? Say, Pastor, someone's done me wrong. I'm sure they have. Say, Pastor, you don't know how bad it's been. No, I don't. But God showed compassion to Nineveh and Jonah was angry because he could only see himself. He had an inward focus. But second of all, he was angry at God because of grief. Verse 3 says, Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah was so hurt and so bitter at God because God would not give him the justice that Jonah demanded that he struck him with grief. He said, God, I'd rather die than to live knowing you've had compassion upon Nineveh. Verse number five says, so Jonah went out of the city 
and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what become of the city. Thirdly, he was angry at God because he was hoping for the worst, yet he uh, anticipated the best. God was going to show mercy. Have you ever hoped for the worst in someone else? Have you ever been done wrong and your heart said, I hope God judges them and prayed and hoped for the worst in someone else's life? That was Jonah. We're seeing the mercy of God. To understand God's mercy, we had to understand for a minute Jonah's anger. Then I want to look at God's unmerited mercy. Verse number four says, Then the Lord said, Doest thou well to be angry or to be heated? And God said, uh, We see God's unmerited mercy here. And, and he called for Jonah to look inside his own heart and to examine himself. And God called for a reflection of the heart and said, Listen, do you well to be angry, Jonah? Are, is it okay? Are you really justified in being angry? Are you truly justified to be angry at me? This morning, I, I don't know everyone's circumstance or background, but I do know that God is righteous in his love and compassion. And we are not right and justified if you're angry at him. And so God in his mercy, God did not squash condemn Jonah God said Jonah do you well to be angry is it right for you to be angry Jonah Jonah I want you to stop and really think about what I've done in your life I, when you were running from me and got into the ship I, I, I kept you safe in the boat until you were thrown overseas and then when you were thrown overseas and you were going to drown, I caused you to be swallowed by a fish. And there I kept you safe for three days and three nights in the belly of that fish. And I kept you safe and I had the, the, the fish spit you out onto dry ground, Jonah. I, I have had mercy upon you time and time again. My goodness has been extended to you, Jonah. Is it right for you to be angry at me? Because I give compassion to someone else. God was merciful to Jonah once again. Verse 6 says, And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. Now I want you to understand how good God's been to Jonah. Talk about his mercy. Jonah has ran from God. He's turned his back on God. God has had to correct him, bring him. Jonah preaches his message. And then Jonah gets angry at God because God's going to have compassion. And instead, Jonah turns. He goes outside the city, sets up on a hill in the blazing sun where he's going he's to roast in the sun. He says, I just want to watch and see if maybe by chance God will still judge and destroy. 
destroy Nineveh. Jonah is wrong. His heart is wrong. He is not right with God. And what does God do? In spite of all this, God sends a gourd for Jonah. Talk about God having mercy upon us, even when Jonah was out of his will. I don't brag about sin, but there have been times in my life when I was out of the will of the Lord. And I can tell you this morning that I'm grateful that even when I was not where I needed to be, God was still merciful to me. Many of you can say, man, preacher, I've been there. God has been merciful to me even when I did not deserve it. Verses 7 and 8, but God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the gourd that it withered and it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement or a strong east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die. I want to look here at this word fainted. It does not mean that he passed out. It does not mean a physical faint. He wouldn't be wishing to die if he was passed out. It means his soul fainted. Jonah came to a place where he said, I just give up. I give up. He said, God will not bend to my will. And yet God allowed, God was merciful to Jonah in the ship. God was merciful to Jonah with the fish. The fish that swallowed Jonah was an act of mercy upon God. The gourd that came over Jonah and protected him, gave him shelter, was God's mercy upon Jonah. But here we find when God took away the gourd and brought the sun, the wind, and the heat, this also was one more act of God's mercy upon Jonah because God had enough love to compel Jonah. Once again, Jonah, would you come back to me? I'm just trying to get your attention and to gain your heart. We see God's unmerited mercy. But then thirdly, I want to see God's eternal mercy. Verse number 9. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? Now after all this, wouldn't you think Jonah had lost or learned his lesson by now? But let's watch his response. God said, Jonah, do you well? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. This is what bitterness and anger will do to your heart. It'll take every blessing of God upon your life, the mercies of God upon your life, and the very things that God has done in your own heart, you'll be angry when God gives it to someone else. The very mercy and compassion that God had upon Nineveh was the same thing Jonah was receiving all along 
And yet it made him angry. And yet God is long-suffering. Once again, God simply says, Jonah, do you do right? Do you do well to be angry? Is it okay to be angry, Jonah? We joke sometimes and about God and his power and um, somebody will say something and we'll, we'll cut up and I've been guilty of it and I'll say, boy, I don't want to send by you. God might strike you dead with lightning. You ever said that? I heard somebody say that. The truth of the matter is I'm glad that's not the way God operates. He's a God of mercy that he shows us time and time again. God is long in suffering but he's also, his love is merciful in spite of our shortcomings. Verse 10, then said the Lord, thou hast had pity on the gourd, for which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which cameth up in a night and perished in a night. God said, Jonah, your heart's not right, but I'm going to show you my mercy. Then verse number 11, I'll be done. And should I not or should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? We find here that God, in his eternal mercy, was long-suffering to Jonah. God was long-suffering in spite of Jonah's shortcomings. But God also was merciful to Nineveh, even in spite of their ignorance. The Bible says they can't discern from their right hand and their left. That does not mean that they didn't know which way one hand from the other. What that means is they couldn't judge right from wrong. They had no moral compass. They did not know God. And God said, listen, how could I not show mercy on them after they've called out to me? God is rich in mercy. Sadly, this morning, verse number 11 is the end of the book. This is the last we know. Jonah preaches, and then of the repents. Jonah goes up on a hill to see what's going to happen. He has this anger towards God. God says, Jonah, do you do right to be angry? Jonah says, yes, God, I do right to be angry even unto death. And God said, how could I not show mercy on these people? And that's the end of the story. We don't hear of Jonah anymore in this scripture. The New Testament mentions them in the context of Jonah, but we don't know the rest of his story. I don't know, but I dare say it's probably because Jonah was never used of God like that again. The bitterness, the anger that he had robbed him of any future he had. 
And I want you to know this morning, it'll do the exact same to you if you hold on to anger and bitterness in your heart towards others and towards God. It will rob you of your joy. It will rob you of your usefulness. It will rob you of what God has for you in your life. But I want you to know, if you'll repent, just like Nineveh, God is rich in mercy. And he wants to extend to you, like he did to Jonah time and time again, he wants us to know that he's full of mercy if we'll but call upon him. I don't know, but this morning I wrote down a little poem that I think may have been Jonah's thoughts, if we could ask him today, what was going through your mind? I want to read it and we'll be closed. It's called, How Could He? How could he call me to sow where I could never trod? To Nineveh, that great and sinful place that sees themselves as gods. To preach to wicked evil men a message from above. To tell them of God's endless grace and of his matchless love. How could God allow me to swim with whales and wrap myself in weeds and from inside the fish's belly to take a dive down deep? How could God leave me here for three long days and nights? It wasn't him, but it was me who took this hellish flight. How could the Lord, Yahweh divine, display his mercy and his grace to spare Nineveh from their sin and save this awful place? How could he bring to me a plant and then take it away? How could he send the heat, the wind, and all within one day? How could God show me kindness when I have been so bad? How could he still love someone like me who always seems so mad? He is so holy and righteous. To qu- the question can only be, how could God still love someone like me? My heart must know, oh, how could he? How could he this morning? The question is not, how could God have mercy on those who are against me? The question is not, how can God have mercy on Nineveh? The question is, how can God time and time again show mercy to Jonah? This morning I want to ask you, How can God have mercy on you? Or better yet, how can he have mercy on me? I'm unworthy, and so are you. He's righteous. He's holy. And this morning, if you're here, and like Jonah, you have turned anger against God, you're against him. I ask you, would you come, would you kneel and bow down before him and say, God, my life is yours. God, I repent of the anger that I have.
Lord, take my life, cleanse me, and make me whole. If you would stand with us this morning, every head bow, every eye closed. I wonder, is there one here today with no one looking around, if you would, please? I never want to take for granted that you know God. Is there one here in our midst today who would say, Pastor, pray for me. If I died right now, I do not know that I would go to heaven. I want to go to heaven, but preacher, I don't know. Would you slip your hand up and back down? I won't embarrass you, but I'll pray for you. Is there one? Say, Pastor, pray for me. If I died right now, I don't know that heaven's my home. Is there one? I wonder this morning, maybe you're here and you're saved. Maybe you say, Pastor, I know that I'm a child of God. I know. But preacher, my heart is full of bitterness, anger, hurt. This morning, preacher, I'm tired of carrying that load. I don't want it to rob me of my joy in my life like it did Jonah. This morning, if that's you, the altars are open if you want to come pray. If you need to do business with God where you're at, that's fine. But do not leave this morning until you know that things are right between you and God. Would you pray and do business with him?